If you're a content creator looking for a computer that can handle the tough restraints of your content production needs, look no further than the MSI Prestige 15. Create timeless moments with the ultimate six core processor for fast paced creators. Visit MSI.com. What's going on world and welcome to another episode of the Art to Visuals podcast. My name is Prince and I am your host and today's guest is Quinn Schrock. He's an adventure and lifestyle photographer based out of Southern California in Oahu. As a kid, Quinn spent free time outside surfing, skating, and really just pushing the limits to what was accessible to backflip in various locations. That sense of wonder and freedom that Quinn got from nature as a child never went away. And there it is, still nothing he would rather do than play outside. Although now you'll find him with a camera in his hand, Quinn. Welcome to the show, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Stoked to be here, Prince. Dude, I'm stoked to be with you. You're chilling in your van out in the middle of, of nowhere. I think I think we decided that you were nah. lost. <laughs> you're, you're somewhere. <laughs> it feels like the middle of nowhere, but actually, I, I think I'm in the middle of a city. But that is kind of like, that's kind of a nowhere feeling for me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's... Uh, it's somewhere like the outskirts of Houston, I believe. I had to pull it up on the map to make sure. I kind of forget where I'm at sometimes. That's that's dude, <laughs> that, that's a good life. Um, that's when you know you're 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 just in the moment. You just being, yeah, man. You just being. <laughs> or or I just drove until I couldn't keep my eyes open last night and stopped on the first exit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, why don't you start us off with, with, with giving the AOV community a little bit of background on yourself, Quinn? All right, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, you kind of said it right there. I grew up in Southern California, kind of the stereotypical SoCal dude with long hair and just cruising to the beach on a skateboard all the time. <laughs> um, I really like that whole, that whole vibe. Not so much the artsy person, but uh, more so... Uh, just I really liked expressing myself with with skateboards and surfboards and just riding them a little bit differently than uh, than your standard. I was I was more into like the '70s like groovy style as opposed to like the the shredder like I don't know just getting airs and like I don't throwing as much water as possible. I was more so into just like the the movement like slow movements and just kind of cruising with the wave. Right. So I was really freaking into that, and uh, probably if you would have asked me at 16, I, I would have wanted to be a professional surfer. But looking back, I didn't ever have the, I guess, the competitive spirit of it. I liked the idea of like one day just kind of doing my own thing and like showing my style in some way. But I never had a camera. I never had a paintbrush. I never was really into art at all. Right. So like in in high school, I did take art classes because they were required, but um, I like rushed through all my assignments. I thought it was a joke, like, <laughs> and I kind of took it as a joke. Like anything that the teacher told me to do, I just would draw in like two seconds because I didn't care about whatever the assignment she was telling me. <laughs> and I would my signature was a flying bird with a rainbow. <laughs> it was it was like. For me, it was like, stick it to the man. Like, you suck. I don't want to be here. Like, I'll just draw whatever really fast. And then a big rainbow and a bird flying. And for some reason, the teacher loved it. I don't know if she, like, just 
<laughs> I don't know if she just like saw it as like as like she could see me and how I didn't like the class and she like was trying to like not give me what I wanted but it kind of pissed me off she like kept <laughs> she loved it and she would put them on the wall and I'm I just didn't understand what was happening but yeah so I had that weird experience with like art class um but it, it, it's slightly like intrigued me I'm like huh, maybe I am kind of good at this but um, so I did, I took some art classes in college. I took some art class, or okay. So I went to one year of community college right after high school. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I took some drawing classes and then I took some ceramics classes just because it was more fun than like the serious classes. And I didn't ever really expect to do anything with art. It was just kind of like a good balance between that and like astronomy and sociology and all these other classes that uh really felt like kind of like work um but yeah so after that one year of community college i went on a mission for my church for the mormon church Mm -hmm. and uh and so when i went on this mission all of a sudden all my freedom all everything that i knew was like all of a sudden i was thrown into this kind of like structured almost like military like environment so my like cruisy mentality of like going to the beach when i want and skating when i want maybe take some art classes maybe like mess with a teacher all this stuff i had all this freedom and i was like a pretty privileged kid in southern california all of a sudden i didn't have any say in what i did uh, my schedule was mapped out like by the by the minute i woke up for two years straight i woke up at 6 30 and i went to bed at 10 30. It was like very, very strict like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought I would, going into it, I, I thought it would be really tough and it was, it was a big adjustment. But by the end of the two years, I realized that my days were so jam-packed and full of productivity that by the end of the two years, it felt weird to go back to like having freedom. I kind of missed that structure of like... <laughs> Like, okay, nobody's telling me that I have to wake up at 6.30. Okay, I'm just going to, like, not set the alarm. Ah, oh, crap, I woke up at 11. You know, like, oh, man. Missed out on productivity. I, 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 I kind of wish that I still had someone telling me what to do. So, like, I came back from that mission trip, um, kind of fired up on making money, like, basically to be productive with life. And in my mind, that was, like, going into business. Right. You know, it was it was like, okay, well, what's the what's the best way to go into business or to make a decent amount of money? And and I wanted to get married and all this stuff. Like, you know, everyone wants to get married really early in the Mormon Church. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I came back like a completely different person with a different mindset. Like before I left on that mission, I was just living for the moment. I was going surfing as much as possible. I was taking art classes, doing things a little bit more for myself. Um, And the mission changed my mindset to like, okay, I got to get married. I got to learn how to make money. I'm going to go into accounting, you know, like I'm going to go into like this very structured, like society wants from you, right? It's like, that's the program. Yeah. It's like, Hey, yeah. Make money, spend it with us, get married, do these things. Those are all, you're, you're very successful, my friend. For sure. Yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong. My, my family was stoked on that. man, yeah. And it felt good to like make my family happy. They're like, Oh yeah. Our son is going to like 
be set for life, you know, and like mm-hmm. in accounting, you get like a, whatever, like a 10% raise, like clockwork every year. So, all right, as long as I'm in accounting for like 10 years by 20 years, I'll be like, I'll be set, you know, like, yeah. but in the end it's like, yeah. Like, are you going to really make a, make a decision off of stability? Like I, I kind of see like, okay, on my deathbed as an accountant, I feel like I would have some pretty big regrets looking back on 35 years of making the safe choice or like making every choice based off of, I just hate the idea of spending like half of my life sitting at a desk and not really ever like having a strong impact on anybody, you know? So I'm um, sorry, that was, that was kind of a side note, but uh, yeah, back to the story. I, uh, I went into accounting, I had a job in accounting and, um, I got married super young and yeah, thinking back on that time of my life, I felt pretty fulfilled. I was like pretty happy, you know, but eventually that marriage ended, it ended pretty abruptly. And all of a sudden it was such a strong, like I, I saw my future when I was married and I, I was about to have a family and get some, get a house and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that ended, all of a sudden it was like such a weird traumatic experience. I really could care less about my accounting job, right. you know, going to accounting job without that like vision for the future and having such a strong aspect of that vision fall away. It was like this huge catalyst to like, for me to question everything that I was doing, you know? So that was when I first kind of determined that I was going to go travel. I took my first trip, uh, went to Peru. I just remember seeing this crazy deal to Peru and kind of took it as a sign like, okay, I guess it's my time to travel. Um, and I, I did the Salkantai trek. It's like an alternative trek to the Inca Trail mm-hmm. going to Machu Picchu. Um, I did that completely solo. And uh, that was kind of like the birth of my, I guess, photography. I, I can't remember what camera I had, but it was cool because I was completely alone. I didn't have anyone to talk to. So it was almost like I made a relationship with my camera. It was like the only almost living thing around me, you know, <laughs> I guess, I guess, and the alpacas. But uh, yeah, no. So uh, that that was like, I feel like maybe early 2000. 14 uh-huh. yeah yeah so what would that be like five and a half years ago or so yeah um but yes yeah, so that was that was my first travel trip and that's kind of when i started posting on instagram and i guess the rest is history i mean i i could i could go into a lot more there's so, a lot more stories so between between there and, and here but <laughs> What was that yeah. moment? What was like, what was the defining moment when you were, cause I mean, at this point you're still kind of like, yeah, you, you, you're out traveling a bit, but you're still kind of connected to your old life. What was the moment where you were just like, this is what, like, this is what I'm going to be doing. I love this. I'm going to be doing <laughs> photography and traveling and I'm never going back to the way I used to live. <laughs> that was definitely not like one moment. It was, uh, and when I went on that trip to Peru, it was literally like, I think, under a week long. It was really short. Uh-huh. And because uh, that's all I had, like I had to get back 
two jobs. In my mind, I had this ticking clock. Like I couldn't just stop, stop working. Um, I didn't have that much money. And in general, like when you graduate in accounting, um, you kind of like, I always saw it as like, if I ever took a break, it was a super risky break. Cause I might not be able to come back because future employers might be like, so what did you do for this six months? <laughs> we're not, we're not going to hire you. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, you went and had fun for six months. <laughs> <laughs> but like, seriously, that was my mentality. Like right. I, and it's honestly, it's kind of similar to my mentality now. Like that's kind of how, like, dedicating yourself to a career is you know like i can't take a, a break for six months at this point my break would be like <laughs> it's funny because like i do what i want to do for work now so my break would be like hanging with the family and not traveling and stuff like that you know it's kind of like a it's a different type of break back then my break was doing what i'm doing now so right. my break was go to go to peru take photos all that stuff I mean, never once did I think that my break would turn into a career that makes me way more happy than than the career I was in and more, more money for that matter. You know, like I just didn't think that was even an option. Mm. Um, I think nowadays it's uh, it's kind of been blown open. Like people kind of know that you can make money uh like doing doing what you love. Maybe that's just because I'm in the space. Maybe, maybe there's. There's probably still a lot of people that don't think that they can. Dude, it's, it, but I agree. Let's let's yeah, on know. that real quick because that that's super interesting. It's like, do you think it's a mindset, uh, like a mindset shift? Is it is it the accumulation of just like technology and the tools and the resources and and everything we have at our disposal that's allowed people to start making money in these new ways that are a lot more true to themselves i mean i i just kind of see it as like entertainment man like i i think people really latch on to social media because it's it's a media outlet that feels more tangible and real mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because right. we're real people like living the dream life or so to speak like my job is basically to convince people that I live the dream life, that I'm always having fun, that, you know, like basically to want my life in some ways, unfortunately, right. you know, and I try to, I try to add some reality to that. But I mean, probably a year ago, I started to just see my account and, and my career as like a TV show. It's just like an ongoing media outlet you know like the office or something <laughs> where i'm I'm just i just have this audience and i kind of have to keep them entertained so like i think back to the office like there was a writer's strike in season four or something i was like so <laughs> bummed like i'm like lazy lazy bums get off of your butts and write more office for my sake you know like i lived off of the office it was the best show ever uh -huh. and i still do um so i like the idea that that potentially there are people out there that are following my account in the same way that I was following the office just for sheer enjoyment. Um, it's a good mentality for me to have, especially because I was watching it when they were writing the show and making the show and I still watch it every night. Right. So potentially what I'm doing right now could be appreciated for longer than just right now. You know what I'm saying? It could mm -hmm. live on a little bit longer than, than just the momentary thing, but 
Maybe that was a tangent. What was the question? No, no, that's super interesting. <laughs> we, we were just talking about how, uh, like, we just live in a time where it's super rad where you can you can make money doing things oh, yeah. that you enjoy doing and how you, now mm-hmm. your real job is used to be like a vacation or a break from your other real job. And yeah, it's what a time to yeah. be alive, right? Just what a time to be alive. We it's insane, in a, man. We're in a renaissance. Dude, I, I, I meet people all the time now that are doing highly creative things that they really love and are making a full-time living uh, and more money than their friends that went the very safe, secure, structured route of accounting or, you know, finance or whatever it may be. Uh, and that's, that's super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you and I are the same age. So growing up, like, like you said, art classes were a joke like it wasn't a serious it was just like even and i was into art and I, it was still a joke to me just because it was a joke in my reality because that's what i was taught i was taught art was like just a fun thing you did but it was not a like it was the business and and and, and finance and that was the, the real stuff mm-hmm. and uh totally it's exciting to to live in a time where that's different like my kids like my kids will grow up like it's crazy I hope my, my kids will be able to grow up where we can talk about being an artist or what do you want to be a photographer, a filmmaker, a this or that. And like, it's a real thing. It's not like, Hey, no, 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 you can't do those things because you can never make a mm-hmm. living doing that. Definitely. Yeah. I've listened to a few podcasts where, uh, I don't know how to put it, but it's, it seems like, uh, hopefully like the accounting jobs and the more mechanical jobs will be automated. Oh, here sure. like pretty soon and the creative jobs will open up and become much more valuable and needed you know i mean no robots ever going to be able to do no. any of that so yeah that'd be an awesome existence dude absolutely so let's talk about your photography a little bit and so when you show up like at a rad location well first of all let's start with the research i know you do a ton of you were telling me that 90 percent of what you do is is like researching locations let's start there what's that process look like uh i'm in the thick of it right now man i'm planning my whole month-long mexico leg and yeah i mean i from what i've found the the best locations for me are the ones that you can't really research all that much they're the ones that don't have like, you know, well laid out blogs already. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are usually the ones that I'm looking for is the ones that are, are overlooked, you know, that maybe only have a few like Google images or something like that, which I generally use Google images mm-hmm. like pretty religiously. So to be able to see a crappy iPhone shot that someone just uploaded to Google and see its potential that's that's honestly one of my biggest strengths you know like maybe it's not lined up but like i can see that oh wow this tree has a lot of texture i might be able to do something with that this shot isn't that great like i i could you know what i'm saying so it's like to see um where certain locations have unique features um that's that's honestly my bread and butter is like finding places that can't really compare be compared to anywhere else right. you know that have like a complete uniqueness um the you know like the bayous the swamps that i've been in 
I've, I've never seen anything like it, you know, it's, and especially right now it's like neon orange moss. Dude. I didn't even know that existed, you know? So you're, you're, you're freaking, you're, yeah. Your recent set from the Bayou is, was stunning. What was, what was the Bayou like? Like that's not a, and, that, and that's, it, I love that you hit these spots that are off the, the beaten path because that's not like a normal, it's not a place where people are like, Oh, I'm heading down to the Bayou. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there, there's no sprinter vans in the parking lot or anything like that. You know, it's, it, it was a bunch of big hillbilly trucks. It's actually really cool. Like, it was a great cultural experience because I was with my friend Chelsea and we were just chilling in the van and everyone's looking over at us like, what, like, where is this van from? It's like an alien, you know what I'm saying? And we were like aliens, you know, we we're like these young kids. Everyone was like old. There was just a bunch of old men um fishing yeah. it was just a bunch of fishermen like in camouflage and they had like camouflage boats and everything i don't really know what they're fishing for but uh <laughs> one of the guys was like hey i got two extra fish like you want them and he, he gave us they were literally like three inches long they were like the tiniest <laughs> little fish i've ever seen <laughs> but like it was a good cultural experience because he, he had this like super intense accent and he was just so nice and he filleted it for us and we had fish that night, but, uh, yeah, no. So it was like, it was a really, really cool experience. Um, cause it was completely unexpected. You know, I, I had so many places that I'd researched on this trip. I've been on the road for, I guess I'm, I've been on the road for five years straight, but I've been full time on the road in my new van for about two months now. And I'm in two months into a six to seven month planned trip uh -huh. um, where, where I'm, uh, I started in Portland. I did a zigzag over to the East Coast and down through Mexico all the way to uh, the tip of, of South America. Um, so I had all these different places planned and there were definitely some slight highlights like Kentucky <laughs> was really cool. But uh to have something like Texas, which never was planned to be a highlight, I, I planned to just jet through Texas, you know, right. maybe stop, stop and get some barbecue or something. But I, I didn't expect it to to have the landscapes that it did. And, um, yeah, this swamp was a major highlight so far of like the 5,000 miles that I've gone. Um, it was just perfect, man. Like we pulled up and there was, there was a spot in the dirt and we opened up the only random building door and it was like a hot shower. And we're just like, what is this place? And why is it like the, the best campsite ever is right on the water. There was like canoes waiting for us. There was a hot shower in front of us and we stayed there for three days. It was just like, when you get that unique and amazing of an opportunity, you just, you kind of try to soak it in and, it was just a, it was a perfect little, uh, little setup. Um, and we stayed, we stayed there. Like we, we explored the bayou, we shot the bayou and every morning was glassy. We had like pink clouds. It was just, it was kind of a photographer's dream. Um, so yeah, like I researched that location, but I think what really made it so good was the, the lack of expectation, you know, for sure going into it. Like you, if you haven't been to Yosemite, you kind of got a lot of expectation going in there, you know, Dude, but the, the swamps. Yeah. Expectations <laughs> kill, man. Like it's, and that's, what's cool about the fact that you had such low expectations for Texas and then, and then you stumbled upon a unicorn. 
you know yeah. that's 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 the best feeling dude that first photo from your set man that <laughs> symmetry the colors the that glass that and you're right that orange and that orange and yellow moss is something it's, it's otherworldly yeah it's freaking it was insane it was hard to believe just seeing it with my eyes it was like it kind of looked like one of those uh man i forget what they are they're, they're like it's a certain type of photography where it like flips the colors goes like whites to blacks and like infrared almost you yeah, know yeah yeah so it's, it's just like you expect moss to be a deep green not like neon yellow and orange <laughs> yeah and it's, alive, it's just so yeah. trippy yeah yeah like it's yeah it dies it goes i was i was talking to the fisherman there it goes pretty like it goes from orange to brown to uh -huh. gray then back to green you know in the in the springtime and, and during the summer i've seen some photos of it it's like pretty neon green like what you'd expect yeah. moss to be right yeah dude that's that's super fascinating What's the journey been like, dude, on your way from zero followers? I mean, you know, from starting out with your first trip and gaining, you know, your first thousand followers to the road to a million. What's that been like for you mentally? I guess it's a big ego boost. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's never I haven't ever really had like really big growth spurts like mm -hmm years you know it's been a very consistent thing right at least from what it seems like um it seems like people blow up faster and like bigger now yeah um it was i don't know if i was in like the first wave of instagram but like i was it was the middle I definitely wave was, the middle wave is was that? People, it was that middle wave the, the first wave which like i consider like aov and then like a lot of other people like yourself that was like the just the consistency over time built the following but there was a lot of people that in the middle wave that could just blow up overnight and might gain a hundred thousand followers in two three days yeah and engagement like 30 percent you know 50 percent engagement like during that growth spurt mm -hmm. um and i've talked to people that are in that situation and I, there's like a stat when you look at your insights where it's like a certain percent of the people that like this photo aren't following you or something like that. Right. So it basically tells you um, how how much you're blowing up on the explore page right. or I don't know what it's called, this discover page or something. Um, and I've never had that. Like all my posts have like, it's generally like 7% of the accounts that like this post weren't following you or something, but some people get like 80, 90, like consistently when they're blowing up. Yep. Um, so it, it kind of goes to show that, I don't know, there's so many theories on Instagram, like with algorithm type stuff. And it goes to show that someone can blow up, not just on one post, but like an account can blow up for like a few months. You know what I'm saying? For like sure. just kind of be in spotlight for a little bit. Um, I think it's good, but it's good when it's happening. But in the long run, it really messes people up. For sure. Um, to like to have that like growth spurt, I feel like you can grow a little too fast, and then you kind of fall also pretty fast. And uh, that's just tough to do deal with as a creative, like mentally, whatever. Um, to have that high and then never really be able to get it back, you know? Right. 
and, and not really have any sense to it either. You know, like, it's not like you did anything different or anything. You just kind of have that, like, massive ego boost. I would much rather have that, like, slow, consistent growth. Because then I feel like it's also, like, a slow, consistent decline if that ever happens. As opposed to, like, a drop off the face of the earth one day, you know? Right. It's, like, organic. It's, like, going to the gym every day yeah. versus taking steroids. Yeah. And yeah, totally. It's, yeah, I had like an interesting conversation with uh, a bunch of friends at Kando this year and I was talking with, you know, Jude Allen and, 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 and Charlie and we're all just like kind of chopping it up. And, and I like, we had this moment where it was like, yeah, like for a moment, everyone got real bougie. Like there was a moment like where everyone had kind of like was on cloud nine, they had grown and, and I think everyone kind of lost themselves for like a, a little moment in time to where no one really understood how to deal with like this all of a sudden being somewhat famous and, and this influence. And then people started calling them influencers and, and all this yeah. stuff was happening. And it's like, no one understood what was going on. And uh, I watched a lot of people lose themselves in that moment, but it's been cool to see everyone come back down to like the other side, like, okay, I've, I've gone through that phase of my life and now I'm back to myself, still have the followers, still have everything but my mindset is is now different than than what it was. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that, like you're saying, like it's 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 tough blowing up overnight. You know, uh, uh, Justin Leduc, perfect example. You know, when when the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't know if you remember the the Grim Reaper. Oh yeah, yeah. On the Golden Gate Bridge, sick. dude, and yeah, yeah. he had. Dude, I remember when he sent that to me, and I was like, "Holy cow!" I'm like, "Dude, this thing is gonna go nuts." I posted it up millions of views and like the, the dude picked up like 400 500,000 followers like overnight dang man but that's it, it's kind of scary it's kind of scary though because you get all these people that follow you for the wrong reason like it's not as glamorous as it seems you know i'll put it that way no. like it, it, it's it's actually really it's a really weird way to to pop and it kind of throws things off mm-hmm. yeah hundred percent man and, and i mean like people are following you from for one specific video it's not like you can recreate that and if you did that would be a terrible move you know like right. there's, there's not an easy move from that i guess you could stay with that like ominous like dark tone but yeah that would be crazy stressful yeah it's come back yeah, it's, a, it's it's an interesting interesting journey. Are you always barefoot, by the way? I'm just curious. I I, I noticed on that that heli in Hawaii, you're barefoot. No, I've never I, seen I, anyone barefoot in a doors off heli, which is I think that's gangster. <laughs> no, normally people got the chucks out, that they got their chucks or their, oh, or their yeah, Jordans yeah. out of the, the heli, and you just got the bare feet. Like. <laughs> no, like just because Hawaii, you're, you're wearing flippers you're wearing like flip-flops every all the time so i just i walked into that normal yeah yeah and obviously it wouldn't be a good idea to wear flip-flops hanging out the (laughs) the window um that could take down the whole helicopter um so yeah no they just grabbed my flip-flops and threw them under the seat so i just happened to be barefoot (laughs) but no i think that's probably the only pose that i'm barefoot in so yeah no it's not a I was like, dude, that's that's pretty rad. I'm like, I gotta do that. That's uh, next time I'm in SF and I hit that heli tour, I'm definitely going barefoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, it was pretty nice up there, though. It was like, I mean, Hawaii wasn't cold or anything. Right. And most heli tours are like pretty chilly wherever I'm at. Is that the Nepali coast? Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I've I've done a helicopter ride on Nepali. How is that? I hiked it. I've hiked it like three or four times, uh-huh. and I've done it on a boat boat tour. Um, the heli ride is just kind of like the last thing that I hadn't done, so it was really freaking awesome, man. Uh, in terms of heli tours, best experience, super diverse. We fly over like waterfalls and, and just different, like really cool, like mountain formations and stuff like that. And then the Nepali coast is like the crown jewel of all of Hawaii, really. Right. Um, especially with a helicopter, it's just like the craziest, like just like twirly formations when you're up above those ridges. Um, so it's, it's total like abstract art you're up in that helicopter you're just like it's really hard to believe anything that you're seeing it doesn't feel real you know right yeah it's freaking awesome man let's talk about the business side a little bit what's what's that been like from the beginning from the earliest days of getting your first few jobs to now what's changed for you what have you learned what have you gone through on the business side of what you do for the you know for your career oh man I was definitely... What was your first job? I was crazy skeptical making it a job, first off. Right. I, I don't think I would have been nearly as skeptical if I had seen people do it before me, but I just, I didn't. So, or the only person that I had to look to, I had two people I looked to. I had Chris Burkhard and uh, Travis Burke. So both Burks. Yep. And, and I use them as like mentors, you know, and I would ask them a little bit about like how they, how they charge and and things like that. But it was super stressful because it was kind of like what was getting me through a a hard time. You know, I was going through a divorce and I just, I had this deep relationship with my camera. Like it almost revived me, you know, it was like, it was like this weird relationship and I, I didn't like the idea of making it a job. And up to that point I had just worked like summer jobs like just worked super hard to make like I, I installed alarm systems I could make like 20 grand in the summer in like th- like three and a half months or so mm-hmm. and then I could use that money to just road trip do everything just enjoy it just have fun with my camera whatever post Instagram and I, I like that that vibe of just like keeping business and and play separate so it was a really really tough uh transition into business but eventually i got a good enough job i think it was like a cruise job or something like that it was like i feel like it was like three grand or something to take a cruise and i just couldn't really say no um and uh yeah so that was i think my first job and it was honestly one of one of the better jobs like i i was there with a bunch of buddies it was just like 10 of us like a crew we went to dominican republic and still, like, one of the better jobs. I mean, it was really stressful because they wanted us to post while we were there and the Wi-Fi wasn't working and all this stuff. So, like, I was, like, definitely on pins and needles being paid to travel. Like, I really wanted to do a super good job. Um, so I did a ton of research of locations to, to shoot and all that. But, yeah, so that was kind of my first job, and that was probably five years ago or so. And, um you know, I've been really, really lucky where I 
I generally just sift through offers, like email offers, mm-hmm. and uh, just say no or honestly just don't respond to a lot of them. Um, and then the few that look promising, I'll respond to. I've, I've never had an agent or anything like that. Um, I, I feel like I have a pretty good amount of offers that are manageable to myself. And I, at this point, feel pretty pretty good at negotiating and knowing my worth. And uh, I have enough money that I don't accept stupid offers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good place to be in. I, at least from a few people that I've been meeting up with recently, I get this really uh, weird feeling that people are kind of, uh, they, they see me as, as an example of this and, and I'm trying to combat this, but like people are, are kind of jumping in too early in some ways. Um, you know, they're like, I'm giving off this vibe. Like you got to go for it, go all in, you know, quit your lame day job and and go all in and, and you're never going to make it unless you fully commit. Like for me, I did it super strategically. I have like an accounting background and, and still have an accounting mind where I do things really safe with backup plans, with all these things. And I have like, you know, plan A, plan B for all these things. And I don't like the idea that I'm putting off the vibe with it. Like you should just go all in and hope it works out because that that's kind of what kills the industry in a lot of ways, because (laughs) these people that are super gung ho, like I'm going to live out of my car. I'm going to like do all these things. That's like that's a good that's a good struggle to have. And I had it, too. But it makes you lower your prices. It makes you accept jobs for free or very, very little money. And in general, when you're desperate for money and like you're really struggling like that, yeah, you'll, you'll accept those lower offers. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are doing that right now that are undercutting everyone else. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really important to know your worth. I know you talk, you talked to Eric about that. I listened to my buddy Eric's podcast with you. Um, it's a really, really common theme and I've been looking to somehow find the words where I don't come off as like super egotistical or like, you know, all about the money, like, but I want to write a podcast or not a podcast, a a caption about it and, and try to bring some light onto that. Cause, uh, yeah, no, like talking to people, really talented up and coming photographers that are just accepting so much free stuff just to get their foot in the door with that mentality that like, um, it will, it will be good for their resume and eventually they'll be able to get a lot of money. I feel like that section of, of, of time is really dangerous and you can only do it for a very short amount of time. You can't right. prolong that, you know, mm-hmm. when the jobs don't come, when, when the people don't pay you what you think you're worth, like they, they lower their costs and they keep doing that. And I would say, dude, go out and get a crappy job like I did in the beginning you know, like I just installed alarm systems is the worst job ever, but I would rather fund the beginning of my career with, with a job like that than to take like really low ball offers that in the end hurt the industry you're trying to get into. Right. You know? Right. Um, so I don't know. Um, that's a, definitely a, 
a concern of mine. Um, cause I mean, in general, like I'll be candid with you, my, my rates haven't gone up and I have a million fault. Like I've been making the generally the same, uh, post rate for like over two years. Mm-hmm. So like from 500 K to a million, my, my post rate hasn't gone up. Why is, um, and why is that? Well, I have my theories, but mm-hmm. I, I think, I think maybe like the, the following numbers between 500k and a million just isn't really that big of a deal because like engagement generally doesn't really go up all that much either mm-hmm. like when you start to get those high numbers you know oh for sure but also but also i just think the industry is changing a little bit and uh there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of competition there's a lot of people that take the same general images as i do right. um and and I also think that there's a lot of people that are just lowballing the whole industry. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, I, I don't know. They're, they're all just theories. And um, that's kind of how all this stuff is. You know, it's, it's all, it's still the wild west. Nobody has like a, a set rate. There's no like, what is it? There's, like not an industry there's no like governing board for, for like social media marketing, you know, where it's like, right. Oh, you have this engagement rate, this following, so your post rate is this. And if any company contacts you, this is your post rate. It would be really nice if like there was some like unbiased governing organization. That's just me and my accounting mind, right. like wishing that like there was like a regulatory like governing body. Maybe, but, maybe, uh, maybe that might be our next, our next thing. We gotta, we gotta build a site that governs the, governs the industry uh, provides the baseline rates and, and what to look for and things like that. And, uh, I agree. I think that would be interesting, but at the same time, like, I think that's also what makes it exciting is that it is the wild, wild west. And because it's so open, there's so much room for like, to be able to do really innovative things for those that have minds and think that way, you know? And yeah, there's a lot of value to be creating for yourself or for brands. And there's a lot of ways to go about it. I think that just most people are focused on doing the exact same things. And that's where the heartache comes because it is frustrating. If, if, if everyone's making money the same way and you have a bunch of kids doing what you do for free for a bag, when you, you know, instead of for 10,000, they're doing it for a yeah. backpack, uh, that that's going to rock the boat for everyone. Mm you know? And so definitely, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. So the business, so what, what business advice would you give to yourself? If when you were, when you first started out, if you could go back in time and give yourself some business advice, what would you, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> Dude, I, I really hate these questions, man. Cause like, I feel like I needed to be dumb, you know, I need, I needed to like be really stressed out and really, you know, I needed that like angst and that like confusion to really figure it out, you know? Um, so I took some like really terrible crappy jobs. Like I'm sure everyone has. Um, so obviously I'd go back in certain cases and say, don't take that job. But I also needed to take that job to, mitigate the risk in the next job offer you know um but oh man yeah i really don't like that 
that question. Like, I feel like it all, I have such a clear mental picture of how it happened and why it happened and that everything that happened needed to happen. You know what I'm saying? So like going back to like my, my story, like growing up, uh, growing up Mormon and growing up, uh, generally feeling like I didn't have options. Um, like that 26 years of kind of feeling like crumpled, like lack of options, like wishing I had options, but never feeling like I did like all this pent up anxiety and depression, basically like that, that was my biggest fear was when I sat down at an office job for the rest of my life, you know? So like I had this crippling fear, like eventually I'm going to have to grow up and, um, you know, sit down at a desk for the rest of my life. When I broke that mentality, when I finally made a decision for myself and not for others, um, that was such a groundbreaking earth shattering reality bending decision that that created an artist. Like it was like this, this huge existence, this 26 years of, of, uh, feeling like I'm going through the motions and living for everyone else and never like deciding anything for myself. Eventually I made one decision for myself. I'm going to go on a road trip. I'm going to go on a road trip all the way down to South America. It's going to be six months. I'm not going to make any money. I'm going to actually spend money. I'm probably going to come back and not have an accounting job waiting for me. Cause again, it's like you take a six month break and you're screwing yourself for your life. But I just did it anyways. Um, I just like made the decision. Nobody in my family wanted me to do it. Nobody wanted me to do it, period. I just did it completely for myself. And that, that crazy decision in my reality is what, is what shattered. How do I say it? Um, I wouldn't be who I am right now if I, if I hadn't grown up with all these like, all these, all this anxiety of not being able to do what I'm doing now. Right. So I have this great appreciation of what I'm doing now because I never expected it. I never thought it was possible. And I had so much anxiety built up that when I finally realized it was possible, it gave me this huge, immense appreciation for what I'm doing. And for that reason, I haven't fully burnt out because I can always... I can always remember back just recently, like five years ago, when my reality was so much worse. Like when I, I have that to, to recall and just to feel grateful to be where I'm at right now. So talking about the jobs and, and, and going back to, uh, you know, <laughs> in the beginning when I was taking stupid jobs and uh, negotiating really low rates and all these things like... Mm-hmm. It was almost a a necessity to go through that and to realize that I completely botched that negotiation. Next time I'm going to ask for more. And then I asked for way too much the next time and they like ghosted me. You know, it's like, all right, that was probably a little too much. Like you kind of got to like go through all this. But like in the end, if I went back and explained to myself like what to exactly say every time, like I don't think I would have internalized it as much. You know what I'm saying? So like you can 
looking back, everything happened in such like a chronological and perfect order that I am where I need to be now. And I have that knowledge based off of my bad experiences and good experiences and all that, you know? So it's a tough question for me because because uh, I am really grateful for how it all happened. You it's know pretty, what I'm saying? It's, it's pretty wild that we all can like take these, there's, there's, th- there's hundreds and there's millions and trillions of different paths to similar destinations. To where yeah. we all arrive at this destination of doing what we love to do, making a full-time living around it and all this stuff. But how we got there, oh my goodness, this, every single story is unique to itself. And and that's the tough part about giving advice, right? It's like, yeah, I can give you some advice, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not giving really advice that. is the worst thing, man. Yeah, it's I, not. I can't give advice, right? You can't. You can only you can only share your story. It's like I can yeah. tell you. My I mean, story, maybe I. But but it doesn't. It like. Yeah. It can't. It's not going to work for especially, everyone. Especially all different. Yeah, especially especially in this space. Like, I am successful because I am who I am. I have my personality. I function the way that I do. I can't explain to you how to be me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not. And if you tried to be me, it would it would come off as terror. It just wouldn't work. So like, the biggest thing is like you got to find what makes you you, and and maybe lean into your like quirks and insecurities, and I love that's kind of what makes you you. You know. I love that you so. just said that. People, people will ask me, well, how do I, how do I stand out or how do I find my style? And I'm like, find your style, how to stand out. And my first question always is what makes you weird? And people look at me like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like what makes, what, like, what about you is weird? Like what's unique to you? Like, why are you, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin or Jude? Like what makes, oh, well, I kind of do this and I'm kind of, I'm like, bring that into your art like that's what makes you different like that's how you stand out like embrace your weirdness embrace your uniqueness embrace your unique perspective that you have because that's what people want to see they don't want to see you Mm -hmm. be you know mimicking Mm -hmm. someone else like there's no fun in that and people pick up on that Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's it's a tricky one to to explain and to give advice for you know what i'm saying like Giving advice is a tough one for me because I don't know. Even just, it's like I, I kind of have a, a weird, I have a weird relationship with just giving it or like asking for advice because I never really did either. I asked for help on specific things, but asking for advice, it's almost like asking someone, <laughs> who who should I be? And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or where should I go? Like, no. Even like my best friends that I know, you know, my, my family members, whatever, like I still can't give them advice, right. you know, like even if I knew someone as well as I could, I still just, I don't feel very well equipped for that. Maybe it's because I kind of get, was given advice like consistently through my childhood. So I kind of have this weird like thing where like I was always being told to be this specific person and I hated it so much. You know, because I didn't want to be that person. You and I are so I don't really. Way. Yeah, I you don't want to be the one button. to tell you. Tell you, yeah, I don't want to tell you who to be. Like, I kind of like opt out of those those scenarios. You know. Yeah, I think. But uh, to each his own, though. So I mean, I think 
some I think there's certain people that's all they do is look for advice, right? And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think is unique to their situation. Um, but like you, I yeah. was I had a similar childhood to where I felt like I hated I felt like everyone was always trying to control me and, 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 and whether it was out of love or whatever it was, it was still like it felt like I hated being put in a box and I was just like, leave me alone. Don't put me in this box. Don't put me in that box. Don't, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm floating. Let me float and just be, you know? And so I was like, yeah. where if someone gave me advice, I'd almost go do the opposite. You know, there's a point in my life where I was very rebellious and I was like, cool, you told me to do this. I'm going to go do the exact opposite of that thing right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Totally, Matt. You you seem way more hardcore than I was. I was I was obedient, man. Like I followed the rules so much. Like, but I always found a way around the rules. So like my parents told me I couldn't have long hair. I wanted long hair. Mm -hmm. So I went out and dyed it like purple. <laughs> I was like, You you didn't tell me I couldn't dye it. You know, it's still <laughs> short, you know? So like eighth grade I had like every every hair color that long Strugs sold you know like i went i went jet black i went blue i went purple i went i bleached it you know <laughs> that's so great <laughs> yeah <laughs> well word up dude we've kind of gone we kind of talked about a lot of stuff who are some of your favorite people to travel with dude i don't know i mean i just travel with chelsea um chelsea Kwai on instagram she's awesome um, she's super, super creative and, and has a lot of like good ideas to bring to the table, you know? Uh -huh. I mean, I also really like traveling with people that aren't really doing it as a career. Like I have a lot of just old buddies from college and stuff. My buddy, Nate from Utah, he's, he's a, f a friend from Hawaii and it's cool just to like, just to get their like unbiased, like organic perspective on places yeah. where they're not really looking for a photo or anything, you know? Um, that being said, it comes with challenges cause they don't really want to spend all day like waiting for a shot, you know? Right. Um, so it's, for me, it's just really nice to have like fresh perspectives. So like Chelsea is a professional and, and she brings a lot to the table in that way. Uh -huh. But yeah, it's like van life for me, like this whole trip, six months, I'm just, I'm just putting different people in different slots. So like I'm going to be road tripping with so many different people and it's just about like having a diversity of, of characters to kind of like influence what we do on that side of the trip mm -hmm. and, uh, and to keep it fresh, you know, like six months is a long time and, and uh, you know, I'm get someone with mountaineering experience for Ecuador, you know, cause there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff down there or, uh, I don't know. I kind of just like fit people nice. and what they're all about right. with the certain places that we're going to be going through. Right. It's, it's honestly a logistic nightmare, man. Like, <laughs> cause I don't, I don't even know how this van's going to get there. I still got to figure out how to ship it and from where uh -huh. I don't know when that's going to happen, how long it's going to take. So it's like, I'm, I'm planning all this stuff with different people and I don't even have dates for them oh, or wow. anything like that. So right. it's, this trip is like really freaking expensive. First off, it's going to be like at least five grand to ship this van because the, the road ends in Panama oh, um, and, and I got to ship the van to Colombia, but I don't really want to 
go down through Central America again. So I think I'm going to ship it from Mexico. It's just like all these stupid logistics that I got to figure out and who's jumping in where and all this stuff. But uh, I love traveling with just a diverse amount of people, just people that are stoked to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of times like traveling with people that don't do it for a job, they they jump into it thinking it's going to be a vacation. So that's another complication. It's like, I have to kind of preface everything like, all right, but like, this is kind of a job for me. Like maybe I don't have a specific job that's due during your dates, but like I treat it very professionally and like kind of like a job. So we will be like running around and doing a lot of stuff. It's not going to be like watching Netflix in the van all day long, you know, or like, or like just going to the classic tourist destinations or whatever. So I kind of got to set, set expectations because Lots of these people I'm I'm inviting that I knew back in the day. So they don't really, all they know is my Instagram feed and my life isn't very represented on that feed of like what it actually takes to get those shots, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, in general, I, I like to travel with like easygoing people for sure that kind of like roll with it. Yeah. You have to, especially, especially when you know how it is just, things change on the fly and you're always going and it's, it's, it's peaceful when you have people that just go with the flow versus like very strong opinionated people can, can be rough and to be with in a van for an extended <laughs> period of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it's definitely challenging. Yeah. It's challenging man. So what's, what's the vision? Like, what's the, do you even have, like, is there, do you have like a bigger, grander thing in your mind of where you want to be one day or things like, do you want to be doing this forever? Do you want to end up directing movies one day? Like, like what's, mm-hmm. what's the five-year-old kid in you? What's the big dream? Freak, man. I'm, I'm in it right now. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. So the five-year-old, if, if that's the angle you're taking on this question, five-year-old me is really happy. Really, really happy right now um in oh, terms of just pause on that that's that's cool what you just said that's cool imagine imagine looking at your five-year-old self and your five-year-old self just being like you're a bad dude quinn like hell like hell, <laughs> like that's gotta feel good because there was you would you have felt that same way when you were an accountant would five-year-old you have been like you're a bad dude like, <laughs> or five-year-old you would have been like dude what the hell uh, that would have reinforced my my budding anxiety for like one day I'm gonna sit at a desk for the rest of my life, you know. <laughs> it w- it just would have been like right in consistency with like everything that everyone was telling me. But if I could get five year old me like open up the van and have five year old me like I could give him a van tour and like show him the photos from Iceland that are hang- hung up on my wall and like whatever my Instagram feed or something, yeah. That would be freaking amazing, man. I would I would love that so much. Cause yeah, no, it's it's true. It's like completely the dream. I like my dream car was always like VW bus and just like cruise around, you know. And then eventually I got a cool vintage van and it never worked and I hated it so much. So now now I realize that this is the dream. Like this van, it's brand new. It only has 18,000 miles on it. And I just put that like road tripping around the States. Uh-huh. So I, I hated the breakdowns, but, uh, 
yeah, I could tell him, you know, like I built this with my bare hands, you know, like all this cool stuff. And he would have been, he'd be pretty stoked. I could, I could definitely see five-year-old me just like with eyes wide open and just like super stoked. But in terms of like 40, 40 year old me, yeah. we're looking at like in the future. Yeah. Let's do the opposite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, or better yet, like probably like 85 year old me, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's the mentality I like to look to like less like 10 years more. So like deathbed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think, uh, at this point, I don't really have bucket list locations anymore. Uh-huh. It's kind of a sad thing to to say, but like at this point, I I'm pretty good. Like I'm pretty good with traveling. Like not saying that I don't want to travel anymore, but like maybe I want to change it up or do things differently. Or like and, and like this van trip isn't so much like different because it's kind of how it all started but making the van was a little different and uh, maybe approaching things a little bit differently. But in the end um, I definitely am feeling like a change coming on. Um, And I don't really know what that means if it's going to be continuing in photography or if it's going to be finding a home base, maybe like, you know, being a creative director. So like it's, it's uh, balancing the two, like, cause uh, for the first part of my life I was completely structured on my mission it was crazy structured and I really thrived off of that Mm -hmm. and now I'm thriving off of the lack of structure but I think there is definitely a middle ground that will be sustainable for me I definitely want to have photography creativity in my life but I got to find some kind of a balance so I I think uh 85 year old me will be insanely stoked on this five-year like budding creative you know, from, from 26 to 30. But I do think that if I continue doing the same things, mm-hmm. it's going to feel, start to feel a little stagnant and 85 year old me would probably wish I would have moved on and done something a little different. You know what I'm saying? So yep. that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, um, it's a weird place to be cause I'm still getting really good jobs and I still love doing jobs um the the jobs that i do especially ones that like force me to think outside the box and do things a little differently mm-hmm. um so yeah no i'm, I'm definitely at like a, a crossroads and i don't really know uh where to take it um and i'm just really really looking around and uh trying to look looking inside and looking at my reasons why i'm doing what i'm doing and and how how to define that why in a very like grassroots way Mm -hmm. and maybe to take that take that reason why i'm doing it and apply it to something maybe a little bit different medium or different setting so that i have the same fulfillment that i have but i still feel like i'm progressing as a as an individual or whatever um so i'm open to ideas man what should i do I'll do you said creative direction that's interesting I mean that that's an interesting angle I, like would you want to work yeah. with like a a team and 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 guide creative vision and work with other artists and it's definitely something that I need to improve on uh-huh. I'm a really really bad collaborator I always want to like have 
full control over everything. You know what I'm saying? And, and so it's hard to blend my vision with others. And I think that's just part of growing up and being a professional. So I need to get better at it. Um, so yeah, working with a team doesn't sound very exciting for me, but I, I do feel the need. Like it's, it's like this van, you know, like I, I've never been handy with tools. I've never been able to build stuff, but I've always wanted to be able to, you know, so it's, it's nice to kind of start from ground zero and teach yourself something. Um, and especially when it's, it's a useful skill to have in life, you know, just collaborating, you know, it is in a fa- in a family like setting and just all settings. It's, it's really nice to be able to work with people. And so it's yeah. tough. I think it's easy to, to, to want to have the control and, and, and to be doing everything. And I think that's great, but that it's limiting. Cause I was the same way. It's like, it's limiting to what you can do when it's just yourself, like you just, it's just reality. It's like, you can only do so much. You're one person, you play an instrument. And it's like, if you want to go bigger, then, then put your instrument down and learn to, to play the symphony. Now you have an, an entire orchestra around you and now you're still creating. It's just different. You're not necessarily yeah. doing this. You're doing more of that. And so, uh, mm-hmm. dude, I mean, mm-hmm. There's just, yeah, life is in its, in its own is just so interesting. It's always changing. It's always, you know, I'm constantly just looking back and just laughing at just existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fact that we're here, like I'm still mind blown. <laughs> like I'm like, dude, this is so crazy that we're even mm-hmm. here in the universe. Like humans, what a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. If you want to get into that, I'll go into that. But yeah, it's, uh. <laughs> It's super mind blowing. I, I definitely think about things like that. I, those are the type of things that keep me up at night, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I love, I love how it's all played out and playing out currently. Mm-hmm. I, I love to think back to, like you say, five-year-old you, mm-hmm. um, and just, I just feel like I'm on the right path, you know? Oh yeah. That's a good feeling. Um, I just, I just don't really know where it's going. So, and that's okay. I guess I, you, you never know. I, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, I do. I, I never know. People love to ask, you know, like, Oh, did you have this vision five years? I'm like, dude, hell no. I'm just living in the moment. And like, this is just a living organism. Like AOV is just a living organism. I was like, I don't have no idea what the hell this thing might look like in 10 years. I have an idea of what I'd like to be doing in 10 years maybe, but the reality is, mm-hmm. I just, I don't even, I just, it's a waste of time even like, why are we even mm-hmm. talking about that? Like, I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a really good and easy analogy to make that like, you know, we're just kind of on a road trip. Like that's what I literally do. And that's what my life feels like. And, yeah. and the Texas swamp is a really good also analogy where it's like, eventually something really, really good is going to pop up that you didn't expect. And you kind of got to chase that, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I do have the general direction that I want to get to Patagonia, right? you know, and I have a lot of spots saved on my phone. So I've done my research. I've done my planning. I know generally the direction I want to go and my final destination, but who knows if I'll even get there. Cause I had a final destination last time and I hit a cow going through Wyoming 
and I had to get my car fixed and eventually that took all my money and I didn't get to my final day. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's good to have, to do your work, to do your research and planning, but know that, that things are going to change for the good or for the bad. Like the swamp was amazing and the cow sucked, but yeah, you kind of got to like leave room for interpretation along the way. And I mean, yep. It's like Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I love that quote. Dude, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. The the way that we normally wrap up the podcast is, you know, the guests share some words of just love and, and, and wisdom with the AOV community. So with that said, feel free to share whatever you'd love to share with the community, man. Ooh. I feel like I've shared a lot already. <laughs> what else do I got? No, I, I, I think if I've learned anything on my journey um, becoming a photographer, but really it's more so my journey in, in making my five-year-old self proud. Um, I think that there's an immense amount of power in making your own decisions and knowing that you can make your own decisions. Um, Cause I, I wouldn't be here if I, if I didn't have that gut wrenching, like I'm doing something terribly wrong, but I just did it anyways. When I, when I took off on that first trip, not with no intention to make it anything, but it just felt like something I really needed to do. And it was really the first time in my life that, um, that I took an extended period of time. It was six months and just completely dedicated to myself. It was a completely selfish decision. I wasn't planning for the future. I wasn't thinking about the past. I wasn't making that decision for my wife or for my parents. You know, I just made it for myself. I knew I had to do it. And that blew my reality completely wide open and it led to me eventually doing exactly what I want to do and making my five-year-old self proud. So um, I very easily could have not made that decision and I would have still been at a desk right now. So like that was a massive turning point for me. And obviously it's not the same for every person. And, and I mean, talk like Jess, for instance, like grew up with her parents telling her she could do whatever she wanted and she internalized that. But I didn't have that that part. So I grew up thinking that I had to be a certain person and and it was a it was a, a really weird and, and tough existence. So at least from my reality, that that uh turning point was huge and just uh a lot of power comes from making your own decisions and making them for yourself so ladies and gentlemen quinn check him out on instagram at everchanging horizon dude it's been a pleasure appreciate you coming on the show been just fantastic time chopping it up now you can feed your passion for photography video and audio and pick up vip 360 perks at the same time enjoy two-day shipping a 60-day return policy one-year membership to Printique for all your printing needs, and so much more. Make sure to check out Adorama's VIP 360 program. I use it. I love it. 
the two-day shipping is amazing just like Amazon, but the 60-day return policy is epic for creators. You really get to check out the gear, make sure it's something that fits your, your gear bag, and if you don't like it, you can always send it back. So check out Adorama.com.